Welcome to KathleenWitten.org. We believe that Kathleen's message will inspire you, encourage you, and give you a fresh perspective on life. Now, here's Kathleen. We've been talking about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, and and how really as believers we're supposed to live in that kingdom, in that realm, in that world, if you will, instead of this kingdom on, on earth. And that's why we're supposed to be sort of um, aliens in this land, if you will, travelers going through, ambassadors, if you will, of Christ. We're not supposed to be citizens of this world um, entangling ourselves, as, as Paul would write, with all the affairs of this world. And, and if we do, literally, it will choke out the Word of God. You've heard about the parable of the seeds, and it talks about how the seeds were um, starting to grow, the seeds of the Word of God, the seeds of truth. And just like in your life, you may be receiving some of the Word, and the Word being Jesus Christ, and, and things are growing and moving in your life. But the Bible says very clearly that those spiritual things that are changing you and and moving in your life and helping you to be all that God created you to be can literally be choked out by the concerns of this world. So I've been praying that that would be removed from you today and that you all would literally be able to just sit here and not only um, hear the Word of God and absorb the Word of God, but that the Word of God would change you body, soul, and spirit and bring you into God's kingdom. See, there's a kingdom that you can live in, and and this is, again, what I, I have to take you to this place because I live in a kingdom that is not this world, and I am peaceful and joyful in this kingdom, and the second I step out of it, I know. I'm cognitive of it. It is so apparent to me because I lose my peace, I lose my joy, and I am aware that I'm out of God's kingdom. And there is a place, there is a secret place of the Most High that the Psalm 91 says. And you can be there and live there no matter your circumstances, no matter what you're going through. And we're going to talk about that because Jesus talked about it. If you look in the book of Matthew, which is what I'm basically going through and why I've begged you all to bring your Bibles, if you look in the book of Matthew, it will take you through the kingdom of heaven as Jesus taught about it. He taught about the kingdom. And he's not just talking about the eternal kingdom of heaven. Our eternity, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you're a Christian, if you have professed your love for Jesus and believe him to be the Son of God, Believe Him to have taken away your sins on the cross. Your eternity does not start when you die. It starts then. You are already living in eternity. And for you, as much as you go through that's good and as much as you go through that's bad on this earth, this is the worst that it's ever going to get for you. It sort of gives us an extra... Me, an extra oomph to know that my eternity has started and I can live in the kingdom of heaven here on this earth. Jesus says that I can, and he did. But we need to find out what is it, you know, when did it start, where is it, how do I get in it, how do I stay in it. 
The kingdom of heaven is what we're supposed to be sharing with other people, and I think it's why a lot of people look at Christians and say, well, what's the big deal? They're no different than anyone else. And even as a Christian, I've done that. Like, well, I don't see any difference. I talked last week about how I believe that um, whatever their program, Whole Foods, and, and the way that they're teaching their people to respond, they're a lot nicer than most Christians, you know? And they have purple hair. And that's wrong, right? <laughs> Just wanted to see if I had any religious people in here that would say, yes, that's wrong. You know, purple hair has nothing to do with it. Red hair, no hair. I've been there after chemo. It's very low, low, low maintenance. Not that I miss that, but I used to walk up to the mirror and go, Done. You know, and now I walk to the mirror and I'm like, oh, you know, I have all these different sprays and I don't even what half of them, I don't even know what they are, but they smell good. I'll buy anything that smells good. And such is the kingdom of heaven. That's it. That's all I'm going to tell you. You know what? We need to be clear about one thing that that we spoke about last Sunday, but if you weren't there, you need to know that there are two kingdoms at all times. There's the kingdom of Heaven, the kingdom of good, the kingdom of God. And there's the kingdom of the world, which is the kingdom of Satan. And you may be sitting there going, I don't think the world is Satan. But see, the Bible tells us that Satan is the God, little g, little g, of this world. And if you look in 2 Corinthians 4.4, you can look that up for yourself. He is the God of this world. And so we are not of this world. And if we get under this world and under this world system, we become of this world. And I started thinking about that a lot. And it, it's something that's interesting. I wanna, I'm going to look up something really quickly. 1 John 5.19, if you have your Bible. I want to look it up because I wrote it down and I didn't write down why I wrote it down. I'm glad I found it right away because it's really embarrassing as, as a speaker if you ask someone to open to a certain page in the Bible and you can't find it. And then you've got to like fake it out like, you know, I've decided not to talk about that. I, I'm going to talk a little, I'm going to veer in a little bit of a different direction, <laughs> i.e. they can't find it. Um, if you look at 1 John 5.19, it says, We know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. So the Bible has said in 2 Corinthians 4.4 that Satan is the god of this world. And then 1 John 5.19 says, We know we are children of God, and the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true, and we are in Him who is true. Even in His Son, Jesus Christ, He is the true God in eternal life. It's saying that this world is controlled by the evil one. You know, a lot of people say, well, why did God let that happen in this world? Well, the Bible says this world is not controlled by God. We lost the dominion that we would have had, Adam and Eve, in the garden. If you want to go all the way back that far, And we gave over our dominion that we were supposed to have over this world and over the garden as we named the animals and lived on this earth and talked and walked and 
Can you imagine with God, with no um, sweat on our brow and, and no pain and no disease and no death? And no clothes. And no clothes. <laughs> Although I think that we might have a different opinion of that if we lived back then. I'm not talking about a nudist colony. But if you really think about that, I mean, just no shame in that. The reason that no clothes gets a laugh is because there's shame in it and because the evil one has come in and and twisted and morphed everything to where it's not the purity, it's not the pure thing that God created it to be. So in knowing this, I've got this wrapped. Okay, here we go. In knowing this, I got a different take on Matthew 4, 8, and 9. And I I want you to turn there because when you really are aware of the difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan, and then you read and understand that this world is under the the dominion of the evil one, this is going to bring a different perspective to what has happened here in Matthew 4, 8, and 9. And you're so familiar with it, but let's see if we've got a different twist. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry, and the tempter came to him, and he tempted him on all of these different things. And each time, Jesus used the Word of God, not his own words, the Word of God to resist the devil. And that's what we're to do, too. And and, and Satan ever comes to you to tempt you, you're to use the Word of God. The Bible says, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And here he says, will you do this and will you do that? And um, if you're God's son, throw yourself down. And he said, because, and this is Satan talking, he will command his angels concerning you. And Jesus said, no, don't put your Lord to the test. And then, here's Satan's last try. The devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give to you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. You see, Satan is the God of this world and he was tempting Jesus, who was fully a man with all the splendor of the world. And Jesus didn't even fall for it because he lived not in this world but in the kingdom of heaven and he knew that the things of this world were going to pass away. But I, I never saw the, the depth of those scriptures and that happening until I realized that was Satan's to give away. He is the kingdom, the God of this world. And he offers it to Jesus. And Jesus said, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. You know, that may not have the same impact on you as it has on me, but I'm wanting you to see that even the last temptation in the desert of the 40 days of fasting, the last temptation of Satan to Jesus in that time was, I'll offer you the world. And we need to realize that 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 is the same thing the enemy comes to offer us all the time, and yet in really subtle ways. We're always offered the world, the world's way or God's way. And we want to see then, what is the kingdom of heaven? If, If there is a kingdom on earth, and we're fully aware of that, and we live here, so we know pretty much what that is, 
What is the kingdom of heaven? And what are we to do in these days? Um, And I am leading up to something, I promise. You all have this look on your face like, and the conclusion is. But just go with me. Go with me because I'm not teaching. I believe the Holy Spirit teaches us. Ephesians 5.15 tells us how we're to live. It assumes there that you already have knowledge of the kingdom of heaven, but it talks about how the days are evil and to live as wise. And if we're to live as wise, we need to know how to make the most of every opportunity. Ephesians 5:15 through 17. <clears throat> I probably should have written these out, but if you have your Bible, go to that. It says, Be careful then how you live, not as unwise but wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. You know, how do we make the most of every opportunity and understand what the Lord's will is if we don't even know what the kingdom of heaven is? And we don't even know that that's where we're supposed to live. So I'm excited for us to look at that and talk about that and enter into that so that we can make the most of every opportunity. God has such a bigger picture for all of us and we live so below um, the gifts of God and the things that God wants to offer us. We start to believe as the world believes that what we make is what we receive and we stop um, living as God would want us to live with this um, infinite kind of belief like a child that Our Father can do anything. How do we make the most of every opportunity? I mean, one thing that comes to mind, I may have shared this with you all before, but um, there was a a couple, or there is a couple, that lives in a small Texas town, and they're a retired pastor and his wife. And and Lacey and I were having a difficult time financially. It's always because of medical reasons, Um, and that's goes back to me, so that doesn't make me feel very good. But anyway, um, it just didn't seem like a good time to give, and yet our heart was impressed to give to this couple. And so we gave our best at that time, um, which was $1,000. And they had no retirement, and that was a lot of money to them. That meant a lot to them, and that was a lot of money to us. But you see, God has us live in a different kingdom where when we release to him our things, which really aren't ours anyway, um, he multiplies. He multiplies everything that we can give him. I told my daughter the other day, don't be afraid to give God your best because he will always give you his better. And I had read that someplace and that meant so much to me. Don't be afraid to give your best because God will always give you back his better. And it always is better. Living in the kingdom of God, I'm just trying to help you to see that it's a different way of thinking. It's a different way of, of walking through this life. <clears throat> Several months later, I received a check um, that was uh, from a bank um, for $10,000. Anonymous. I kind of think I know who it was, but I'm not sure. And got us through an extremely difficult time. My dog had been in the vet um, for like weeks upon weeks upon weeks and um, had just been hit. And I was in the hospital and there was a lot going on. And 
this person just felt moved to help. But I thought, interestingly enough, that that was ten times what we had given. You see, entering into the kingdom of heaven makes things that are not probable, not only possible, but beyond all you could hope or ask or think. And I'm not saying, you know, here's a bucket, you know, let me pass it around and give a bunch of money and all your dreams will come true. Actually, I heard that happen at a church about a couple of months ago, and I thought that was the saddest thing I'd ever heard because that's not the way that God operates. God operates when we give our hearts to him. We enter his kingdom And we allow ourselves to think beyond ourselves. And we allow ourselves to hear His Holy Spirit. And we open up our heart and our possessions, which again are really His anyway. And we have, again, that attitude of, I'll never regret giving God my best because He'll always give me His better. Even if your best this morning is just giving God your heart, giving God your decisions, He'll always give you his better, the first few steps into the kingdom of God. Matthew 6, 9, we've been looking at Matthew. And it's the Lord's Prayer, which we're so familiar. But in it, we pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We pray that all the time. And yet, what is his kingdom? I'm supposed to be living in his kingdom. I'm supposed to think like his kingdom. I'm not supposed to be of this earthly kingdom. And if I have one foot in the earthly kingdom, which is satanic, which is the world's way, and I have one foot in God's kingdom, then I'm a man divided. I'm a house divided. And I'll fall. So it says the kingdom of heaven is what we're to pray will come. When my grandfather was a little boy, you know, now the Internet has ruined just about every family joke there is, but um, he was a little boy long before emails, and he really did think God's name was Howard. And I know you all have probably heard that on Internet jokes and email jokes, but he was convinced that his name was Howard. You know, our Father who art in heaven, Howard be thy name. And um, we got a good laugh out of that. But, you know, the funny thing is, is, is we don't need to guess the name of God. We know God's name. Specifically in the Word of God, God's name is love. God is love. And if you look, it says in 1 John 4, 8 and verses 8 and 16 that God's name is love. Jesus' name is the Word. John 1, 1. God is love. Jesus is the Word. And then the Holy Spirit, John 16, 13, is truth. The Word and truth and love. That's what we're supposed to be living. And I know this is not going to be like real popular or make anyone feel good or whatever, but that's why I beg you to bring the Word because I want you to bring Jesus with you so you can get Jesus in you so that it belongs to you and it and, and it's not just something that feels good on Sundays, but that it's here to change your life so that it can come in and up and out of you in times of need so that you won't be a house divided. You won't be someone with one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom because that's when we do fall. That's when we... I'm just going to go off of this. That's when we do not stand. I I've told 
you all this before, but when I was in the hospital and diagnosed with leukemia, if I didn't know the word, I'm convinced I would not be here. I'm convinced I would not be here. And I just can't express to you how much it will change your life and how exciting it will be for you to bring your Bible and get into the Word and know Jesus who is the Word and come to know God for yourself. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. That's what Romans fourteen seventeen tells us. And Matthew six thirty three says that we're to seek this kingdom first. Seek first the kingdom of God. And, and everyone likes that scripture because it says, Seek first the kingdom of God, and then all these other things will be added unto you. And so everyone likes that scripture, but hardly any of us stop to ask, What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is God's kingdom on this earth that will last till eternity. And as we live on this earth, we can live within the kingdom of God. It is righteousness, it's peace, it's joy. Even in the midst of difficult things happening around you. If I didn't know that, I don't think I'd be here just simply because I think I would be absolutely hopeless, especially with the chronic pain that I have. Most of you know this, some of you don't know this, but... I had scoliosis as a little girl, and um, so about mm, 29 or so years ago, I was put uh, in traction to straighten it as much as possible, and then I had a Harrington rod placed in my back so that I had at the base of my back two working discs, but the rest of my back was fused to a metal rod with a large hook at the top, a large hook at the bottom, um, stainless steel. And since then, a lot of different difficulties, but my third back surgery being about a year ago, they fused the last two working discs with um, two more rods and then six screws the size of my index finger going into my back. I still can't figure out where they went, but they're there. I can feel them, I know. And so, pain. And so, how can you live with joy on this earth if you're in pain. But see, you don't have to live in pain. You can live in His kingdom. No matter what circumstances that are going on in your life, you can choose the kingdom of God instead of choosing to live in your pain. But it's all wrapped up in here. And it's like I want to come today and just infuse you with it. But I feel like there's a block or a wall or something, and I'm not able to get in. And so when that happens, all I know to do is pray, and that's what I'm going to do. Heavenly Father, you know how much I care for each one of the children in this class, and I know you see them as your boys and your girls and your favorites. They're all your favorites, and you love them so much. And I just ask for whatever barrier there might be to be removed. Father, the barriers to the kingdom of God are are bitterness, resentment, um, someone that you feel like wronged you and you refuse to forgive them and you refuse to forget. Please, Father God, have those persons that have that situation just forgive those persons right now in in the name of Jesus for the great sacrifice that you've given for us. Surely, 
surely we can do it for you. Not for them, but for you. Father, for those persons who are just looking at their watches and ready to go on to the next thing, I just ask, Lord, that their time would not be wasted here, that the Holy Spirit would touch them in the deepest places of their heart, in the crevices that are hardened, in the places that they don't feel you anymore. And I ask, Lord, that they would know that you are there, and you're there to shine light on every situation. And you're there to bring light to their life. Where there's darkness, you bring light. Nothing is too great for you. Nothing is too big for you to overcome. And I ask that whatever barrier there is today be removed. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now I'm going to look at my watch. All right, Matthew 7.15. We're supposed to recognize what kingdom we're in by fruit. You know, we're... As Christians, we get kind of confused sometimes because the Bible says to know someone by their fruit, and so we'll see the fruit of someone's life. Like we'll see someone who's real negative or we'll see someone who acts um, very hardened in their heart or we'll see someone who's not kind to their spouse. And so we see that fruit and then we judge them. And we're not supposed to judge them. We're supposed to just recognize. Most of the time, when God reveals something to you about someone else, you're to be there for them as their friend or to pray for them, not to judge them. But we are to look even at our own lives and our own fruit. And if the kingdom of God is is righteousness, peace, and joy, and if living in Jesus and in the Holy Spirit means that I would have fruit of love, joy, and peace, and patience, and kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness, then I need to look at my own fruit. So this morning, right now, look at your own fruit. Is that the fruit of your life? You have love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness. Because, see, you can have that. Again, I've got chronic pain, but I'm not in pain. I'm in Jesus. And there are days that I cry and there are days that I'm sad, but actually they're not days. It's usually hours. And then I'm up and going again. Why? Because I live in the kingdom of God. And you can live there. You can live there where your past is washed clean. Every time I say the word, it's washing you and cleansing you. That's what the word does. That's Jesus who loves you. You can start over today. You can enter his kingdom today. But just look at yourself. Don't look at anyone else. Just look at yourself. Do you have that love? Do you have that joy? And peace. Do you have patience? Are you patient with yourself? Or are you patient with other people? A lot of us are impatient, patient people. Like, some of the most patient people are really the most impatient people you could ever meet. And I know, because I know one of them. And I thought, she's the most patient person I've ever met. And she said, no, 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 no. On the inside, I'm always churning, churning, churning. You know, God is looking this morning And He loves you and He sees you and He sees the inside. And so you can't fool Him. You can smile at me, but you can't fool Him. But smile at me anyway because it's helping. I think the barrier has lifted. And I'm not kidding. I was really feeling something. You know, unforgiveness, bitterness will do the worst things, even when I'm trying to teach. I can feel it. And... It's a barrier because God says that 
He won't even hear our prayers if we have that kind of sin against our brother. We're not even supposed to take communion. And so it's important to him. Matthew 7.15, we recognize the kingdom by fruit. I'm going to go there directly in the Word, just like last Sunday we said, let the Word speak. It says, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious as wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. And then he goes on to say directly, because really the Bible wasn't even divided into chapters. We divided it into chapters. People that that interpreted Scripture divided it into chapters. And so it should and could be read just completely fluently with every verse going together. Jesus then says right after, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father. Who's doing the will? of the Father, the person who lives in the kingdom of heaven. Are they better than other people? No. But they're living in the kingdom of heaven. In other words, the king, Jesus, is their authority. If he says it, it's the final word over their life. And so it isn't okay to sort of kind of not tell everything when you're doing taxes because the king sees it all. See, you're not... In this kingdom, you're in the kingdom of heaven. And, and I don't think anyone in this room has ever lied to the IRS or lied to anyone, for that matter, ever. <clears throat> but, and, and, and nor do I think that it's funny to lie. But I'm just saying sometimes we do or don't do things depending on if we're going to get caught, depending on what it's going to look like. My, my mom and I were just talking about even like little white lies and how there's no such thing as little white lies. They're all lies. And we lie to ourselves. We lie to ourselves when we come to church, and, and then we really are just spinning our wheels if we look up and realize, I don't have any fruit that's that of the Word. Why? And it's because a lot of us haven't given our whole lives to Jesus and really entered into the kingdom of heaven and made Him our Lord. And Savior, in the sense of what is the kingdom? How do I enter it? I want us to just enter it today. You know, if I step out of it at all, like I can be on the phone and I can have perfect peace. I just want to give you an example of this. I can be on the phone and have perfect peace and somebody can just mention something or someone's name and I can stand up and I'll I'll hang up, I'm sorry, and have that kind of "Eh," feeling and not know why. And then I realize I've stepped out, somehow I've stepped out of the kingdom of heaven. And I'll stop right then and go, Lord, what is it? And sometimes it's that, that drudged up a memory where I've not forgiven that person or I've not forgiven myself. And therefore, I've stepped out of the peace and the joy. See, God wants us to not live outside of His kingdom. He wants us to be able to live in His kingdom all the time, and it's our choice to step in and out of that kingdom. 
And it's a real kingdom that the spirit world can see, but we can't. You know, when you became a Christian, it's like you were marked for Jesus. And the spirit world, good and evil, can see that. They know where you're going for eternity. They can see that. But what they can also see that we can't see is us going in and out of the kingdom of heaven or having one foot in the kingdom of earth and one foot in the kingdom of heaven and then wondering why we feel divided. The Bible says that a double-minded man will not even have his prayers answered. And so then we say, why does faith not work? Faith seems to work for them but not me. And and then we have to really take a good look and go, am I double-minded? Do I really believe what the Word says? Do I even know what the Word says? The Word is so good. It is so good and it's truth. James 4, 8 and 10 say, Come near to God and He will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Humble yourself before the Lord and He will lift you up. And that's what I want us to do right now. I'm going to pray and I just want you to pray as well in honesty in your heart. God says for us to come to Him if we're double-minded in any way. And you know what? That's me. I can't get control of my mind all the time. That's why I love that Scripture to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove the will of God, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Our mind needs to be renewed every day. Our mind needs to be renewed that this is so important that it should be first. Somehow, seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness needs to be first. And then all these other things will be added, Matthew 6.33. But what is the kingdom of heaven? It's righteousness, peace, and joy. Do you have joy in your life? You can have joy. And it's the peace that you can have as well that surpasses all understanding. Because see, here's the deal when I teach at Christ Church. Most of you are smarter than me. Well, not all of you, but (laughs) most of you. And you run businesses and do things that I can't do, but you can't connect to God by your intellect. It's by your spirit. And you can't connect to God by any kind of piety. It's in humility. And you can't connect to God by understanding Him with your mind. It's in coming to Him like a child. Only those that come to Him like a child. And so I'm just asking you to do that this morning. Just come to Him like a child. Father, we humble ourselves before You. We thank you that you're looking at each of us. You're loving each of us. You died for each of us. You've marked each of us. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would show each of us as individuals how to enter your kingdom in our lives. I know people in this room that are going through difficult relationship problems, things that seem to be unsolvable. And Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would bring them out of that kingdom and into yours. 
where you can do things that are more than we could hope or ask or think, as it says in Ephesians 3. Father, people that are hurting emotionally or physically, people that feel oppressed, that is not of your kingdom. And I ask that that you would bring them, usher them into your kingdom, that they would go home and open your word and that your word would speak to their heart, speak to their spirit. Father, those of us that have to figure everything out with our minds, I pray, Lord, that you would help us to see ourselves just a snapshot of what we look like when we were about five. And now we can come to you. You loved us then. You loved us a million years before then. And you will love us a million years from now. But Father, we have but a little bit of time on this earth. And I just pray that you would have us live, each of us, a life well spent as we enter into your kingdom and bring others with us. I thank you for peace and joy. I thank you for miracles in Jesus' name. We hope that you've enjoyed Kathleen's message. To order a copy of this and other messages, please call us in San Antonio, Texas at 210-822-5500 or toll free outside the San Antonio area, 877-397-7773. That's 1-877-397-7773. Visit our website, KathleenWitten.org, K-A-T-H-L-E-E-N-W-H-I-T-T-E-N.org. Thank you.